Oh, boy. Are you uh, drinking coffee? Of course I am. Can I see? I'm on my second cuppa. Oh, nice. Damn, that's a big cuppa. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a big boy-sized. You don't ever... I feel like when you take a big cup of joe like that you know by the time you get to the end of it it's it's colder than when you started and i feel like real disappointment in that so i always take like i try to take like half a mug yeah so i, I get like a more consistent heat throughout my coffee experience that makes sense for somebody like you who, who drinks very very slowly i do yeah everything whether it's booze or coffee or soda <laughs> You're you're a, a, a notoriously slow drinker, so I think that makes a lot of sense for you. But for somebody like me who drinks at like a normal speed, it's you know it's it's fine. I think what you consider to be normal is actually faster than average. I think what you don't realize is you're a guzzler. Uh, I, I I'm not a I'm not quite a guzzler. No, I think you guzzle. I think I you do. Think so. I don't think that's the case. You're at least here. on the cusp of guzzling. I mean, you're closer to guzzling than not guzzling. If you aren't guzzling, you are closer to guzzling than not guzzling. I think guzzling kind of. I feel like if if I was a true guzzler, I would noticeably enjoy my drinking less. You know, of whatever beverage. I feel like guzzlers just, just drink things to get them down. You know, they guzzle those bad boys down. I, I, I do drink these for enjoyment. And I do, um, y you know, I, I, I don't ration my, my uh, you know, my, my drinkage, if yeah. you will. But I also don't, you know, just, just pound them down either. So, I mean... I, I would not consider myself a guzzler. I don't think people, other people in the world, I don't, I don't think they would consider me a guzzler. But uh, I I mean, we're definitely on, on different ends of the spectrum. That's fair. Between guzzling and uh, nursing. Nursing. Right? Isn't that the term? Yeah, I don't know if I'm, you know, a nurser either. I don't feel like I nurse. I feel like you do um, nurse. Well, okay. I just said like I felt like you guzzle and and you had a, a chance to get up on your podium and explain your position. So, give me a second here. I'll tell you why I don't think I nurse. All right. <laughs> I mean, if you feel if if you feel the need to to defend I, yeah, I do, I do because I kind of feel like you called me out now, and you know, I gave I gave you that time, and I think that you know I deserve the same. You know, I sure, I, I don't sure. I can't uh, I don't need to just be. Uh, slapped with a label I don't agree with and, and take it on the chin. That's I mean, totally um, fair. So so with me, it, it kind of depends on the beverage, but something hot, especially coffee and tea, you know, I, I feel like I'm very zen about my sippage. You know, each, each sip is kind of something to be like savored and, and contemplated almost. Yeah. And so I, I do do that. <clears throat> very slowly and i like to drink it when it's pretty hot too you know so you can't just take like a whole big swig of it you know i really need it to like contain that that heat 
where yes. if you take too much, then it, it can be painful. You know, you need to take it in that smaller amounts mm. by necessity. So, but I think that's where I get like my, my coffee enjoyment. I think I, I, you know, I know that, you know, back in the day when you and I were sitting side by side around the campfire drinking beers, you know, you would drink faster than me. But I, I think that I, I could drink more for like a longer period of time. I mean that it depends, depends. But yeah, I I don't know if any of that's true. But okay, mm-hmm. all right. We don't we don't need to get into it any anymore. You know, you don't guzzle, I don't nurse. That's fine. That's yeah. Fine. No, I I, I, I I I am comfortable at just putting us on different ends of the you know regular. I I sip drinking. I would actually I would I would spectrum. absolutely take that I sip. Yeah, but I don't I don't feel like I I nurse. I think there's kind of like a, a negative connotation to nursing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there is. Just just like I guess there is the guzzling. So you know I think we both kind of learned a little bit about how we see ourselves. Yeah, when we drink. Yeah, I I agree with that, and I you know. I apologize if I offended you by by uh, call, you know calling you a nurser. Hey, same same to you with uh, the guzzling. I hear you loud and clear, buddy. Well, hey, that's see that that that's how that's how you get to the bottom of things here. It's about it's about sitting down and talking it out and uh, expressing your feelings and uh, listening to each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the world at large could take note you know absolutely absolutely i I, you know people come to dune dudes not just for dune no but because we have valuable life lessons to dispense to the the general and i think people are, are starting to recognize that more and more you know yeah they're they're i mean the the emails i'm getting I, yeah, right. I think know, I think it's apparent in the you. surge, the the absolute surge of uh, outreach. Yeah, yeah. From our listenership, and you know, I I can't say anything about these emails just due to uh, confidentiality. Yeah. Um, agreement between myself and our listeners, um, which I value very dearly. But some of them have have been very meaningful and uh, very personal and. Um, yeah, great strides have been made. Yeah, if we didn't sign that non-disclosure agreement, we could easily turn this podcast into like a Chris Gethard show kind of thing. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah. We, we it could be it could be a uh, uh, Duna full anonymous. <laughs> that was a good one. You deserve a sip after that one, Thank my friend. You. Well, uh, <laughs> a well-earned sip. Yeah, there's nothing like a well-timed sip, you know, after you say something and you get, it's not just a, it's Absolutely, like, it's yeah. it's kind of like a period at the end of your sentence. It is, it is, that yeah. Sip. Yeah, it's, it can be related to a clap back, as they say, or like a mic drop, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, what would you call that, a, uh, a, 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 a victory sip or a... Uh, mm. I think victory sip is pretty... Uh, yeah. I think, good. That, I think that works. Yeah, definitely. Um, just kind of punctuates the moment a little, a little yeah, stronger. Absolutely. 
Um, How's it hmm. going? Pretty good. We we are on the pen ultimate. I love using that word. I don't yeah, get to use it very often. We are on the the pen ultimate uh, episode for God Emperor. Yes. Yeah. Wild. Discussing the second to last section of uh, our, our five chapter increments throughout this very strange novel. Now I do have uh, to ask you. Yeah. Um, what if this next section is like seven really, really short chapters? Well, it, it kind of goes with how we've how we've done this in the past. Because I, I think I think one of the the books in the past, right? It wasn't exactly five. And I think have we never gone over? Have it has it always been like just a little under or something or um no I feel like maybe I, I once think, we went over I think Messiah went over a little bit yeah I feel like I the thing is is that I can tell and I do try to look pretty closely without like counting the pages or anything but when I when I take my section of the last five chapters that we read and just look at the pages together and compare that to what is left in the book it's essentially the same yeah. So even if like it was broken down in different chapter increments, the amount that we're going to be reading is essentially the same. Yeah. So I think that's fine to me. We'll just, we're going to finish the book, whatever it is, we're going to finish it. Hey, well, I mean, you know, I'm on board with that. Yeah. And, yeah there, you would have been really on, a lot left. you would have been on board uh, last episode to make yeah. this like oh, the, the, the last discussion. Easily. And, yep. Yep. and personally, I think that's bonkers. Well, I think that's, I think that's book guzzling a little bit. I I I do admit to being a book guzzler. A book guzzler. I, yeah, yeah. No, that, that, <laughs> There's one thing you guzzle. Yeah, yeah. That's so, very true. Um, yeah. I, I and I mean, un, unfortunately, we are here now doing this. What uh, like two? Not not two weeks. A week and a half. It's not quite two weeks, but yeah, it's I'd say a week and a half. Yeah. So so <clears> I. I think I finished this a week a week ago. I think I finished this last Sunday. The, yeah, the, uh, you know my my five chapters. So yeah, um, this will be one of those those episodes where you got to walk me through it. Yeah. Hey, but I, you know, now I have been waiting at least a couple days. Not not long. Oh, but yeah. I mean, like when when I the first chapters of the section I read were also from like last week. So yeah. we'll we'll help each other out. Okay, hand in hand. Um, but yeah, some of that was just the, the way it worked out schedule wise. Some of it was kind of a necessity. Yeah. You got fully vaccinated. I Congratulations, did. my friend. Thank you so much. Yeah. I got my second, uh, COVID vaccine. I got Moderna, which yep. is the best one by, by all accounts. It's the best, yeah. uh, it's the best vaccine. I, I haven't done any research into that, but the things that I see from people talking about it on the internet seems yeah, to no, I mean, they, confirm that. They, they say Moderna is like the high class, high class uh, version of, the, of yeah. the vaccine where everything else is just a little bit uh, lower. It's like a lower standard, you know? Yeah. Do you feel like you kind of like look down on people who got uh, the different vaccines? Yeah, I do. My girlfriend got Johnson and Johnson and I, I can barely oh look my God. at her. I can't even look at her. She just got one shot. She got one shot. I, you might still get COVID. Yeah. That's not oh, good. Yeah. I know. She's going <laughs> to. I mean, I. Uh, it's a touchy subject. 
It is. Yeah. Um, wow. But but yeah, no, I, I, I got my second shot uh, the other day and uh, we were going to record yesterday, but I, I woke up at four in the morning and I just like, I felt like garbage, fevery, yeah. got the chills, sweating, you know, dizziness. You must have um, had a really rough work shift that day, huh? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I, I finally, I, I woke up at like 1230 or something yesterday and uh, my entire body was just like in pain. Just, you know, I, I, I could barely move my arm, but then all the rest of my body just, I was just like sore, just, just like, it, like it was hard to do anything to move or to do anything at all. Um, but once I got some Tylenol in me and yep. started eating and, you know, moving around and stuff. I did feel better, and by the end of the, of the night, I, I was pretty much back to normal. So, um, so yeah, it, it's it's it doesn't last for very long, but it's yeah, it's bad while it's while it's going on. Sounds like maybe you have like a a closer understanding to what Lita went through when uh, yes, when it rained on him, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You kind of got that. Yeah. To experience some of that agony. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or or it's like a spiced agony thing, you know, could could be similar to that. Yeah. Um, you know, a vaccine agony. I think you're like one step closer to revealing the golden path. I do feel like I am closer to revealing my golden path, which we've talked about before. Yeah. I think I'm, yeah. I'm almost there. Just, just as cryptic and, and nonsensical <laughs> as when you talk about it. <laughs> As when Herbert does. I think mine might make a little bit more sense, but uh, that, that, that's that's for another uh, podcast. Yeah. All right. Well, at any rate, <clears throat> are you uh, ready to jump in? Yeah. You want to sing? Oh, yeah. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. One, two, three, four. God, God Emperor, Emperor of Doom, worm, worm man of stand beside him and guide him through the golden, golden path he's chosen, chosen. through the crown the is back for thousand years of leader's peace. One, one day we'll miss one God, God Emperor of Doom, Doom, the, the Wormman Man we love. Wow. Only one more time singing that song. Yeah. After this. It's going to be yeah. sad. Yeah. And it's weird. I, I, I uh, you know, at this point in um, the, you know, reading of children, I, I had the theme song for, for God Emperor in my head already. Yeah. I don't have one for heretics yet, so that might be your uh, that might be your responsibility. All right, um, I mean, I think I'm kind of overdue. I think so. For yeah, for picking a theme song anyway, so yeah. I, I can uh, I can do that. Okay, I can cool. take that on all right. hosting duties. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Uh, all right. Hey, let's uh, let's jump right in. All right. Cool. So, so where we last left off. Um, it was when Siona, Monio, and Duncan uh, all had their meeting together. And Monio's like, I'm trying to do something I've never done before. Um, I'm going to try and keep you alive. Yeah, Duncan. saving a Duncan. Um, because Duncan is, is kind of starting to act in ways that he's never acted before either. You know, yeah. I think that's part of it. Um, and so Monio... Uh, 
makes the executive decision to send Siona and Duncan to this this little village called Tuono. And we were discussing like, hey, you know, it, it kind of seems like Monio is acting um, without consulting Leto. You know, that was yeah. kind of our assumption. Feels like he's kind of making this decision sort of spur of the moment, right? Yep. And so in this first chapter of uh, the section we're discussing today, that is confirmed. Yes, it is. Uh, Leto uh, literally says, you sent them to Tuono without consulting me. How surprising of you, Moni. Yeah. He's like, that's the most surprising thing you've done in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Leto kind of has this, like, um, pride, I think, in, yeah. a, in a way. You know, I mean, like, um, I don't know. Um, but Monio doesn't really know, like, how to feel about it or, or how to, like, um, react to leto's reaction i guess like monio kind of assumes that um leto is going to be like upset or this yeah. and that and um leto just kind of finds it amusing and as like with a lot of things i think monio kind of like keeps um it's sort of like keeps leto's emotions at like an arm's length like monio kind of like keeps being like oh you know i, I can't understand you lord and leto's like well you could if you just you know opened your eyes or or regarded like what i was telling you at like face value in a way yeah um which we kind of get a bit in the we have a malky chapter yeah. coming up to that uh not One to get ahead of ourselves. yep um but you know monio is kind of like left very like bewildered there too and they're like monio just like fucking you know look at the writing on the wall man like yeah, just listen yeah. um but but at any rate the important thing about this chapter is uh they they have this whole discussion um but it ends with leto saying well hey um we we are going to change a little something about the wedding it's going to be held at Tuono. Monio was like, what? Yeah. I sent them there <laughs> specifically so they wouldn't be at the wedding. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Leto, that little, uh, that, that little freaking worm, that little squirming worm, man. It's a very I mean, worm move. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> complete worm ass. Totally. <laughs> Showing his worm ass out, you know, yeah. there all over the place. <laughs> Um, yeah, poor Monio, you know, he's just always trying to, like, keep everything together, and Leto's just constantly throwing, like, wrenches yeah, yeah. into everything. He has an impossible job. Um, so, you know, of course, we kind of get this impression that, um, that Leto wants either Duncan or Siona, or both of them at the wedding. So that's, of course, why he's like, well, wherever you fucking put them, that's where the wedding's going to be, clearly. Yeah. Um, so for whatever reason, it, it seems to be important to Leto that um, they will will be there, um, which is interesting. You yeah, know, the question uh, is why. Exactly. What's, what's Leto's exactly. motive? 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I like this chapter. Um, I thought it was fine. I don't know. I mean, I, I like the, the discussions that Leto and Munio continue to have. And I like that. Um, I like this, this like pivot, you know, like it, it was really funny. I thought to end the last section where it's like, oh, you know, suddenly our discussions kind of reframed. We're like, oh, you know, what's Duncan and Siona going to be up to? They're going to be separate from the wedding. This and that. And then yeah. the very next chapter, Leto is like, no, yeah, we're yep. all going to be together. So, um, I don't know. I thought that was a cool move on Herbert's part, I guess, to, uh, yeah, yeah. To I, jerk that around. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we get more of, uh, you know, what might come to, to a head at this wedding, but, uh, but yeah, th- this really does make me wonder what Lita was thinking if, or if he's just kind of opening up the, um, the space for more possibilities of uh, conflict or of, you know, who knows yeah, what he we, wants to see what happen there. Um, right. We don't know if it's anything like a, a prescient vision he's had or, yeah. or just something, you know, that he, he thinks might be necessary for the golden path. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, and then also, it's kind of cool at the end of the chapter, They uh, Leto does mention that he um, was going to use the water rings of, of Ganema, but he's going to be uh, using the rings of his mother, Chana. Yep. Yes. And apparently that's that's a big uh, no-no. But Monia um, was like, it's my mom. Monia was like, uh, says it's a desecration to, to, to take those or whatever. And, and uh, yeah. then he speaks in Chani's voice. Right, I yeah. I can do what I want with my water rings. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Leto's just like, well, I am my mom. Yeah. So yeah. so you're doing it. That was pretty funny. Yeah, the, the desecration seems to be more like it, it, it's kind of like a grave robbing thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, Which is I weird because Ghani's dead too, but... Yeah. I, I, I guess maybe that was... Maybe those, those those rings were given to him before death or something. Yeah, I yeah. I, I get the impression that she wasn't buried with them. I yeah, think is exactly yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a weird thing for a couple reasons. I'd say one is well, not weird. I kind of wish, or or maybe it just requires me to go back and reread it. But I wish that there was like a clearer. Um, description of what this room is like in terms of like where people are buried and this and that like yeah, I, I know they're yeah. kind of like underground and there's like giant like spokes coming out or like mm. weird hallways and shit like it sounds like it goes in like all different directions but like when there are scenes underground underneath the citadel like i don't imagine it being in like this weird atreides graveyard but like something about this scene gives me that feeling it, it seems yeah. like they kind of just like look slightly over to their left you know, yeah, yeah, and they're like, "Oh, that's where Chani is." And it's yeah, like, oh. <laughs> it is strange. I guess I kind of imagine it as like, like the catacombs or something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I guess it probably is right, like a catacomb. That's a yeah. good point. And the other thing, I mean, I, I get that. Um, I think Leto has embodied this trait more than any other character we've seen, like um, Aaliyah or um, Jessica, but. Like, I always thought it was important in the past books to think about, like, when when characters who have, like, memory selves inside of them, 
call on them. <clears throat> that they're only calling on the memory self and not the yeah. person themselves, you know? Uh-huh. So Leto, you know, and he could be, like, just kind of, like, throwing about his godhood to get what he wants. But he seems, like, very assured that, like, the, the people themselves are inside of him and not just, like, a facsimile of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 that that that, that is true. Or, or yeah, at, at, at least he... he uh makes believe that that it's it's the people themselves inside of him yeah you know and it's it's like it is like what's the distinction because at a certain point you know if you have all or enough of their memories like you can create a realistic version of them but it's like i wonder if chani was really there you know would she approve of what Lita was doing would she be like yeah take my rings just Uh like just like the real paul the real preacher well, that's was against Leto, and yet exactly, Leto calls on him yeah, constantly that, to to reaffirm his beliefs. Th- that's the, the the you know the more interesting thing about like children is that earlier in the book we had uh you know him call upon Paul, you know who pretty much is telling him go do this thing, follow this this path, and then we get we meet the actual Paul and the preacher, and and he's you know not not that certain so. Right. So yeah, it's it's. I mean, there there definitely is a distinction between the real person and the, uh, and the memory self. Like it's, I, so yeah, it's hard to say because. Obviously, they're they're taken from a certain point in their life, like, mm-hmm. you, you know, that's it, that's like Paul before, the birth of the children, and Chani obviously before the birth and her death. But um. Uh yeah, I mean. Yeah, you get you get answer. none of the you get none of the growth after that. Like they're kind of frozen in time yes. inside of your head. Yeah. Yep. They can never develop from like when the memories were put into you. Yep, I think that's right. Not like Monio would ever question any of that. You know, it's, oh, it's no, not like Mon- not. but uh but it is it is interesting for us to read and think about. Yeah. Yeah. Um I guess my my only question is I'm sort of left wondering is like how much does uh, Leto think about that, you know? Like, I kind of think that he, like, he's smart enough to know exactly what we're discussing, too. But it doesn't feel like there's ever a point in the book where he, like, reflects on that. Like, I actually Mm -hmm. do kind of get the impression he's convinced that these people live inside of him, like, in their entirety. Like, ghosts. Rather than just memories. Yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly how he portrays it. Um, Yeah. Even in his personal thoughts, you know. Right. Hmm. Well, whatever. That was an interesting thing to bring up. Thanks. Yeah. Anything else though about this chapter, or do do you feel uh, y'all good? It, it sets up stuff, but like that's yeah, kind of yeah. It's, no, I I think we're all good. <clears throat> all right. So our second chapter. Um, we we get to catch up with Duncan and Siona, um, and Nayla, arriving. Yes at Tuono Village. Um, so, uh, I don't know. They get there. Uh, it's, it's dirty and gross and run down. Um, you know, Duncan, who of course is the only one there who has like real memories and experiences being at like a 
a, 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 an actual Fremen, uh, I don't know, village or outpost yeah. in their heyday, um, is kind of offended by it. You know, I, I thought it was... At first, I, I thought it was, like, almost a little weird that he got so, um, like, bothered by it. You know, I... But, um, it kind of got me thinking back to how much time Duncan spent with the Fremen that we don't see in the first Dune book, uh, which was interesting to think about for me because he gets sent ahead of the entire Atreides, uh, you know, party by the time we're, we're reading yeah. the first Dune book and everyone's still on Caladan, Duncan he's, is on Arrakis. He's, he's the Fremen, um ambassador pretty much exactly yeah um yeah so, so i think presumably he spent like months with them that we don't even i think so see i think that's the case so yeah that, that makes sense to me one other thing that, that, that i i i want to or i've been wanting to bring up that i have not uh-huh. had a chance to or i keep on forgetting is um at what point in the book in the first dune book does duncan die hmm I remember it pretty clearly, actually. It's when, um, it's, I forget how they get there exactly, yeah. but it's when Paul and Jessica meet up with Kynes at his little underground yeah, yeah, yeah. hole cave place. And Duncan stays behind as they're being, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. So the Sadakar show up they have a little scene describing like Paul looks behind before they close the door and like Duncan kills like four Sarda or yeah, something yeah. before the rest get him. And then that's when Jessica and Paul leave and go into the Coriolis storm. And yeah. we don't know it, then, but that's when Kynes pretty much he escapes, but then he yeah. dies in the desert. Yep. So what's weird about that in this book to me is that all like most times when Paul is referred to, Duncan refers to him as Muad'Dib. And he dies before he really becomes Muad'Dib. So I'm like, what? Like, why is he referring to him as Muad'Dib? Or is that just something that he's been, you know, told to, like, told in his, you know, um, awakening that he has to refer to this guy as Muad'Dib? Or, or, so that just kind of, that, yeah. that always threw me off. Because I don't even think that you know, hate or 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 Duncan refers to him as Maud Dib that much in uh, Messiah or or Children. I like I I don't. So that's just that that was a little piece that uh made me made me um raise an eyebrow. Yeah, I don't remember. I I think in Messiah because hate kind of already is you know so much of the book he considers himself separate from Duncan. And so he's kind of like meeting Paul for the first time and Paul's at the height of his power. I kind of think that hate does call him Wadib throughout the book. That's yeah, like his I'm, title. You know, I'm, it's more about Duncan than than hate. Yeah. I think you're right about hate. But um, but yeah. But I mean, that's true. That's true for Paul. You're right. Duncan dies before Paul like really assumes that title. He might be being called Madi at that point. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or uh, the Lisan Al Gaib. Yeah. I mean, not uh, like it's not even, like it has not even been connected to him, though. You know, they 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 know the Messiah is coming, but it's like yeah, they they haven't even been been you know 
ingratiated into from in society yeah. yet. So yeah, true. So uh, yeah, I that, that, I don't know. That's that's just a little thing that I. Uh, no, it, it's a good point. I think that there, there's definitely room for Herbert to have like written Duncan. I don't know in a way that does feel like more true to, to what it would really be like to take a character from the first book and put him into the fourth, you know, with with none of the intervening time in between. Um, And of course, like that is grappled with. And like we always say, like Herbert's very clear on the stories he wants to tell. And so it's like, that's not the story he wants to tell with this Duncan. And so he's like, eh, you know, whatever. It's not the focus. Like he does at least touch up on it, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 not not the focus. And so I think it does kind of lead to having like these smaller things that you can pick apart, right? Rightfully so. Yeah. And be like, you know, does that really make sense? And I think the answer is like, well, no, maybe not. But um, Herbert just doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the the answer there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that is a good point. It would be cool because when you're right, when we do first get that scene of like um, Duncan being brought to Arrakis and meeting up with a friend and uh, the other one. He does mention that like he gets like a lesson or reading material yeah, or this and that. Exactly. It, they could so have just sl- slipped a line in there. They, yeah, I mean, pretty they, easily they could have, but it doesn't seem like I this Duncan would. And it's still on the couch and I need to move the whole couch. Uh, do you need my help? You want to do a pause? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, we okay. we should pause it quick. All right, sounds good. I'll be right back. All right. Okay. We're back. We're all good. Were we just talking about um Duncan from the first book? Right. I think so. yeah. I think that's where we uh, left off. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are you, you all good to talk about the rest of this chapter then? Or was there yes. more you wanted to... No, okay. no, yeah, just, just a little thing I wanted to point out. Yeah. Um, we could talk about, like, the characters and stuff in this chapter a bit more, but I, I felt like another thing was this, um, this chapter, like, shows us really clearly, n- not like we didn't know this before anyways, but the way that, um, Leto has uh it's a weird expression to use but watered down the fremen yeah you know um and again the book has made that clear to us but i feel like this is the first time we really see in like such stark contrast like the the way that we knew the the fremen to be and the way that they um have been been made to act now um, and what I thought was interesting about that was thinking, you know, the differences between the Fremen of old and the museum Fremen. But I, I think that's another like really small example of what Leto's doing to all of humanity. And it's kind of like all people everywhere in the galaxy are yes. museum people, you know, yeah, and that yeah. they don't know it. You know, the Fremen at least have the title and they at least know what they've lost and they realize that they have this like rich history that they they only um, imitate. But 
I think what Leto kind of like hides from everyone else is that he's doing that to everyone everywhere. But only the Fremen really get to be aware of it in like this kind of sick way. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the the, the starkest difference in uh, where they were then compared to where they are now. Uh, for the rest of humanity, I feel like it's 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 a lot more subtle, but um, but it's it's yeah, all of their their uh, claws have been cut off. You know, they've been it's humanity has been declawed collectively. Yeah, and uh, and and yeah, they're they're in a holding pattern. Um, which I guess the idea is that. You know, Leto is kind of building this. I, I, I guess this pressure cooker. You know, um, which eventually is going to go off. You know, yeah, and, and blow. And I think we're seeing the beginnings of that right now. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think you're right. If they don't, even if they don't, they they don't know it. Everybody around him is is subdued, right. But yeah, the museum uh, fragment are the greatest example of that. Yes, and uh, you know it's it's sad. It's got to be one of those things that um, that Leto, you know, internalizes that that agony. I feel like uh, you know betraying who the Fremen were uh, must be like really hard for him because as as we know. Oh yeah, uh, Ganima and Leto were, you know, like true Fremen. They were like even kind of the last Fremen, even yeah. in Children of Dune. You know, yeah. I mean, they they, they both had ancient Fremen, you know, memories. Yeah. They were more so Fremen that, than than anybody else in their CH, You know, exactly. Yeah, more more Fremen than Stilgar, who had yeah. been, um, you know, warped and changed by Muad'Dib's empire yeah. and something yeah. kind of unrecognizable even then. Uh, so it's weird to to see him just like continually tear them down over the course of thousands of years. I know, you know into something even uh, more removed. I mean, he even holds it in, you know, um, kind of. I mean, he he is even kind of snobby about it too when he's thinking about the museum fremen and in the desert with Siona, or you know, it's like he's created this this situation, but 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 yes. he also cannot stand it you know yes he can't stand the, the the poor copies of of his ancestors that he's he himself has created right yeah yeah exactly that he's responsible for it but is also kind of repulsed yeah yeah and i think what's interesting too is even the museum fremen also kind of like carry this shame because uh duncan pretty much like can't even stand listening to these guys uh, Garen, the the naive of Tuono, welcomes them. Um, but like Duncan can tell, his robe is too tight. It yeah. restricts his movement. His still suit uh, wouldn't even work properly. You know, it's not it's not worn correctly. It's not he not he, even uh, a real still suit itself. Derobes him in front of everybody yes. to uh, yes. to to prove to see that he doesn't have the full still suit on. Right. Um, which and is, then, yeah, that's very shameful. But um, yeah, that, I mean that that was a a pretty um, crazy thing for for Duncan to do. 
but but yeah you know garen is is definitely he's he knows he's not a real fremen and and like he you you, you can tell there is like that resignation in yeah. his character absolutely and i, I think Garen's response to being derobed is even funnier because he he puts his hand on his knife and Duncan's like if you draw your knife it better be with intent to kill me. Yeah. And Garen's just like ah it's not even a real knife. I know it's not even a real knife. <laughs> it's, it's not, not it's a fucking yeah. uh, He's like but we do have real ones in the museum. Yeah, he's like kind of proud of it. Yeah. You want to check them out, you know? I know. I know. Yeah, Uh-oh. it's 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 pitiful. It really is pitiful. Oh yeah, and then Duncan's looking around the village and like he he sees one of the buildings he sees through a window there's like auditorium style seating for like tourists yeah to come and watch them put on a show almost um i thought that was a really interesting detail cuz it gives us a little bit more insight into maybe what some of the the people of uh Lido cities do like for entertainment yeah. you know maybe yeah. they go to the freaking fremen sideshow and you know kind of like learn the history of the planet um yeah in this really sanitized uh way and you know which which also draws a lot of parallels to um of course you know go, almost going to like a wild west uh like theme park town or whatever yeah that, like, like like a dude ranch or something yeah yeah you know or things that I, I think were a dune ranch exactly you know, things that I think were a lot more popular in, in like the 80s and 90s yeah. that have kind of faded into relative obscurity uh, these days, at least around where we are. But I, I even remember going to, uh, yeah, dude ranches and things yeah, like I've that. Yeah, I've been to one too. You know, people would play cowboys and Indians like it was yeah. nothing, yeah. you know? Yeah, And, uh, you know, similarly, I, I think... Um, I think we're shown that kind of parallel. I think what's a little weird about it is like you're saying that there is like a kind of shame in in being this far removed ancestor of like your once proud people. Um, But then like it's also still shown that they're kind of just like making a living, you know, in a world that forced them to be what they are, you know, even if it is worse off. And like, it almost, almost feels like this could be like, um, I don't know, like Herbert criticizing, uh, like native Americans living on a reservation or something, but it's like, well, they didn't choose to live there, you know, like just because they aren't the same as what they were in the past. Yeah. They are that way because of what, we colonizers did to that absolutely you know? yeah there, there's an interesting uh you know parallel there that's it's you know not a one-to-one but um no but yeah I, and I, I don't think it's meant to be read as criticism no. for that I necessarily mean, but it, it's there so essentially it's like um if if like u.s imperialism you know was Lido and and like we're like, oh man, the the Native American tribes just aren't what they used to be, you know? Yeah. Like, and how hypocritical and fucked up that is. Yeah, 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 precisely. Uh, but but yeah. At any rate, Duncan kind of um agrees to teach them the Fremen ways. Um, I I think he kind of just like needs to. He feels compelled at at just like how uh how ridiculous he, he thinks that they're living their lives. Yeah. And then Nayla is kind of like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, I know. like, come on. 
We're only supposed to be here for a couple days. Like, chill out, dude. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of what we get in this chapter. Uh, am I missing anything, or is there anything else you want to touch on here? Let's I mean, see. I think we got some good discussion out of that, but yeah. Um. Yeah, just just some some interesting, you know, um, interplay between Siona and Nayla, you know, and and like their their power roles, you know, because mm-hmm. Nayla is is uh Siona's, you know, underling now, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, she's pretty much the one that's shepherding them around and kind of has control, you know, control over them in this scenario so you know duncan notices the uh the tension in that too um which is obviously there um but yeah i mean uh yeah it's 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 interesting we we also get them you know con- confirmed to be sharing uh living quarters again yep not really a surprise but no, yeah no yeah but but yeah that's that's it i think yeah um I, I, you, you talking about the living quarters thing reminds me like Siona's like, I don't think I need to remind you about what I said last time. Yeah. You know, and Duncan's like, Hey, don't worry. I, you know, I didn't want to do anything last time either. Um, but Siona, that's like brought on. Cause Siona says something like, you know, take me to my fucking disgusting room. Like, this, yeah. you know, yeah. She's, she, she's being a brat. Yeah. She, she is. Um, I mean, so is Duncan, but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I they're obviously yeah, not they don't they don't really have any respect for these people and and do not mind um just like openly shitting on, yeah, on this I fucking know. village. Their entire cultures. Yeah. But um yeah, even though I personally yeah, think that that's a uh, pretty rude. <laughs> um I I like that uh <clears throat> that Siona is like retaining this really aggressive um, edge to her. Yeah. Like it, it really feels like now that she's in this position of power within, uh, you know, Leto's empire, she doesn't really have any problem wielding it. You know, she's like just pissed. Yeah. No, I, know? I, I am here for it. You know, I, 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 I do like seeing this, this edge to her, you know, it's a, it's, it's about time. Yeah. So, uh, I, we'll see where that goes. We obviously get a bit more of Siona, um, in, in the coming chapters here too, uh, which will be cool to talk about. But, um, but yeah, this whole dynamic between, uh, Nayla, Duncan, Siona, and then being in this village, I, I think is an interesting setup for our characters now too. So, um, yeah. Okay, so our third chapter. Um, this is Leto and Monio at the Little Citadel, where you know Siona was was brought as well, um, and Leto's kind of just like on the balcony, staring off into the you know, his last little bit of desert. And Monio's kind of just, like, pacing, very nervous. Um, 
feels this this enormous pressure to try and uh, make sure everything is in order for Leto's wedding. Um, even though Leto keeps changing it on like yeah. a day to day basis. Yeah. And you know, on top of that, Mon- or uh, Leto kind of drops a bomb on Monio. He's like, "Well, you know, I also brought you here for this other reason." Malky. Malky, at long last, the the yes. the, the much talked about Malky. Yep. Um. This. There are, there are. Mm, I was gonna say there are things that I like about this chapter and things that I don't like about this chapter, but it's not true. It's more like there are things that I like about this chapter, and there's kind of like things that. I don't know. I almost wish Herbert chose to do more with. Yeah, Um, of course. But like, I also, I think that there's been a lot of times throughout reading these Dune books where we will come up against that. And, you know, not to say that um, it's wrong to have that feeling, but when Herbert makes a decision, like the one that we're going to talk about in this chapter, I, I think it's usually for the best that he's like very good at making his writing um, and the stories that he wants to tell concise, despite how long this book feels sometimes, despite that there are points where it drags. And I think that he could have edited it better. I think when it comes right down to like what he chooses to do with his characters and when um, he's, he's very good at that. And he makes like very unorthodox story decisions in ways that like kind of always keeps us on our toes, which I appreciate. Um, so let's talk about that. Uh, so we get, we get this kind of buildup, you know, Monio's like Malky, like, you know, the Malky, there's not another Malky, right? You know? Yeah. It's Um, the Malky. Uh, he, uh, we get, we get kind of this like buildup of him coming, you know, the, the ship from the guild comes. Um, Monio brings Malky in uh, the cart. And Monio's like, oh, they wanted to bring a medic because he's wounded. And Leto's like, they wanted to bring spies. You know, that's all it is. But it is true that he's wounded, you know? Um, yeah. We learn that, you know, off page, uh, the Reverend Mother Antioch is killed. Yeah, the, she she uh, she went to uh to X right to yes. uh, to kind of do some uh some spying or whatever. Yes, yeah, spying to get Malky and they like. I think it is all part of um. There's an earlier discussion where Leto is talking to Hui, and I think the original plan, if I'm remembering it correctly, and I think I am, was that Hui and Antioch. We're going to go to Ix in order to learn more about Hui's birthplace. Yes, yep, yep. And it seems like somewhere along the way, Leto was like, eh, we're just going to send Antioch. Yeah. And I guess she'll get Malky, and that'll be good enough. You know, we'll bring the information to us rather than us sending out Hui, uh-huh. my most beloved creature in the universe, yeah, into, yeah, yeah. into harm's way. Um, which that's not ever really explained to us other than just the events of the story being laid out. That's fine. Yeah. But um, I did think it was 
I don't know, um, a little odd in some ways that we're told one thing and then another happens, but it's it's fine. Just a, well, yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. Also, another, uh, you know, example of um, a reverend mother dying off screen or off stage, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but at least here, you know, she's introduced and killed off in the same book as a relatively minor yes. character. Yeah, uh, that's that's true. It's true. You know, reverend mother Gaius Helene Moheim was always a, a more minor character, too. But I just felt like she kind of deserved a bit more. I, I mean, yeah, uh, she she was one of the OGs introduced in, in like the first chapter, the first few chapters of the original Dune. So, yeah, I think she deserved more than yeah. than, uh, you know, dying off page. <laughs> yeah but again that's that's those are the decisions that herbert makes that sometimes herbert's gonna herb yeah so so at any rate we get a wounded malky um kind of lying on his back looking up at um leto and monio and yeah. the, the yeah. three of them mm-hmm. have a conversation the first time we meet malky after you know hearing about him quite a lot you know he he is wounded and in mm-hmm. and uh you know not in a position of uh of power no no we meet him as an old dying man uh and that is a cool setup because malky does live up to his reputation even yeah. given the circumstances you know He's still very witty. Uh, he's still very crass and um, even kind of lecherous, you know. Um, you know, he's like, hey, where's the babes? You know, that's. <laughs> um, and. Uh, and, you know, what what's cool is. um, It's really rather than being like an interrogation. It's kind of Malky and Leto like catching up on uh, on lost time. Yeah, and Monio yeah. sort of, you know, even admitting to himself that he feels like he's sitting on the sidelines while these two old buds are are shooting the shit, and he's kind of um, excluded. He's almost like a a target of their um, their amusement. You know, they're like, man, look at this guy. You know, he just doesn't get it. Um, exactly. Yep. So. It's really cool to see the rapport that Leto and Malky have, even after all this time. Like the, I don't know if it's literally the first thing or one of the first things, but Leto says uh, to Malky, he's like, hey, Monio and I were just talking about Infinity. And Malky doesn't skip a beat. He's like, oh, yeah, totally. I get it. Yeah, he, and Monio is just like, what the fuck? He uh, jumps right on board, you know, and it, yeah. and, and, and it, it seems like they, they pick up a conversation they've had, you know, years and years ago. Um, yeah which is crazy but yeah it's it's kind of like uh the the rapport or the relationship the bond between two like total outsiders you know yeah which is kind of the same thing he he feels with um hui um because i mean it does seem like both Malky and Twee's purposes, although different, differently executed, are to connect with Leto in different ways to lead to his downfall. Yeah. Um, and although Malky's is is more antagonistic, 
um, there's still like a, a very, very strong connection there. Um, yes. That just Mo- like Monio doesn't have because Monio was built and designed as part of Lido's grand plan. And Malky and Hui are not that the, the, like they they were made from outside of that on the periphery of that you know um so i think i think that's very interesting you know he he definitely yeah. connects to those who <clears throat> connects to those people who who are you know ex- exist outside of the golden path i guess or from before it or on the outskirts of it more so than the people it, like in the shit you know like yeah like, totally like, like monio um yeah, I mean, and and uh, I think you're right about like there. There's so like, and we, we've we've been through this before uh, with this book, but there's so many great stories to tell about Malky. Like you can tell, like he, he's just, he's one of those characters that just obviously has a very rich history, and he, uh, you, you know, is is a just a bright and vibrant character, and. Um, you know, this is all we get. But, yeah, but it it is it's it still is effective. But there's also uh, the 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 morning of 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 all the uh, the pages we don't get. You know, uh, which is a which is something that Herbert does very well. Um, usually, you know, there there's a lot of times in this book that you know we say that like we don't see these things, and that's to its mm-hmm. detriment. Uh, that's not the case here. It's it's used effectively, but it, but it is still um, a bummer, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's a great bait and switch to um, to build up Malky throughout, you know, essentially the whole book to have him introduced at the eleventh hour as yeah. as, a, as a character finally. But um, you know, even though we've kind of we've come to expect his character to 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 pose a threat um he's brought in uh captured wounded um and and dies you know <laughs> yeah well, well well that's that's it we we get uh we get one chapter with Malky and then he's gone he's killed. yeah so so to see you know that that herbert is able to um you know effectively create the feeling of like this character who's lurking in the shadows. Um, but then have him, you know, come into the story, uh, you know, really not delivering on that, but not having it feel like a disappointment, uh, is, is a testament to, you know, um, his skills as a writer, even when some of the things that he writes throughout this book, I don't like, you know, I, it, it, it really shows to me that, um, one of the things that does keep me turning the page is that I, I still think um, he's a very effective author, you know, and th- this chapter showcased that really well. Um, and speaking of operating on the shadows, do they, I feel like this is brought up a couple times throughout the book too. And I kind of forget, I, I think it's touched on here. Maybe when Leto is talking to Monio about like the capture of Malky just before he gets there. But so the Ixians do have like this place yeah. that that Leto can't see with his prescient vision, right? It, it, yeah, it's called like the no no room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Uh yeah, it's like a room that they go in where 
they, they you know they they know Leto can't see what's going on there. Yeah, Malky does like he does name it. I think it's I think it is named in this chapter. Yeah, but yeah, they 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 do have that that technology. Um. Yeah, of course that like raises some questions. Like, how did they make it? Yeah, it's literally how called. How it works? It's called the no room. We did it in. The, we did it all in the no room where you cannot see. Yeah. Um. But whatever, you know, it's kind of one of those things we're just sort of meant to accept. The Ixians yeah. are just have this one place. Um. Yeah, and then I mean, then that's that that you know begs the question. Well, why can't you expand that and make it? Yeah, make a bigger facility, bigger than than just a room. What, what you know? Yeah, you would a think. No, no planet. You would think. Yeah. Um, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Maybe knows? It, yeah, maybe it requires some enormous amount of energy. They they can't uh, make it smaller or, or bigger than this tiny space. Yeah, who knows? But okay, so so more on their conversation. So yeah, they're talking about the no room. And and Malky also kind of confirms, like, yeah, you know, Hui was uh, made as kind of an opposite to myself. Like, you yeah. were right to think that, Leto. Um, and I think Malky also says pretty plainly, you know, that they used a clump of his own cells, right, um, to create Hui. But before Malky like fully finishes his thought, Monio's like, "Oh, well, then this means, you know, blah, 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 we gotta call off the wedding and this and that." And uh, you know, Leto's just like, "No, you know." But I, I don't know. I could look through the chapter a little more. I, I feel like, um, I feel like essentially Malky like half explains something, and. Leto and Monio kind of like finish the revelation in their own heads. And then Monio kind of has this outburst. Um, but I guess what I thought was odd about that is I didn't really feel like it was a revelation unless I'm not understanding it because all I got out of that, and I wanted to talk to you about this. So is it that um, Hui is just like a clone of Malky, essentially, like a feminized clone grown from Malky's cells but into like a different being just like a different weird form of Malky yeah I mean uh, like what do you think it is do you have any thoughts on that yeah I I don't think it's it's yeah it's it's not like a a grand revelation or anything it's just uh their their theories were confirmed I guess right um I, I I get the impression that she is um, uh, kind of a clone, a a a semi clone to Malky. You know, mm -hmm. I think that I, I think they they took his genes and then maybe manipulated them a little bit. You know, to to make her a woman maybe, or um, or to make her sensibilities shaped differently. But also then they 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 raised her very purposefully differently than they raised Malky too. So so yeah, I think he, I. I I think she is pretty much a clone or, or an offshoot at least. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just quickly, I, I did find the section. I'm just going to read it yeah. real quick. Uh, will you tell me Malky about Hui says Leto just a few tiny cells from my body. Malky said 
then the carefully nurtured growth and education. Everything an exact opposite to your old friend Malky. We did it all in the no room where you cannot see. Um, no room, Monio asked. Then, as the import of Malky's words sank home, you, you and we? Leto says, this is the shape I saw in the shadows. Um, that Right, and that's when Monio says, I'll call off the wedding. Leto says, no. And then lastly, Monio says, but Lord, if she and Malky are dot, 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 if she and Malky are what? The same? You know, like that's, yeah, I just, I yeah. was just wondering what like, Monio, like what, how is Monio going to finish that sentence? Like, I, I almost worry that I don't fully understand what they're trying to say here because I don't really understand the issue entirely, you know, like, so we, we already knew that, or we were already under the impression that Hui and Malky were related, right? That Hui was Malky's niece, which obviously is not the same as being like a fucking clone or a yeah. clump of someone else's cells grown into a different person. But it's also not like so different where in this like weird wormy universe, you know, I I don't entirely get why Monio is so like affronted by that possibility. I think like it it's insulting to his sensibilities where like if she was just his niece like that's a big issue but it's like natural, you know? But yeah. She's been like bioengineered. Yeah. from this guy who they kind of kind of consider or Monio considers a uh, an enemy, somebody who who is a threat to Toledo. Um and so I I think that I think that strikes more of a nerve to him than if it was just his niece. Yeah. Um just just hearkening back to his kind of conservatism, I guess. And, you know, the the, the Yeah, although Monio uh, was the one who was less conservative than, you know, Duncan. He was the one trying to tell Duncan like, "Hey, you know, girls can fuck." Oh well, yeah. No, I. I mean, it's a different kind of conservatism, you know. Like, right. like you know, thinking about the ban on technology or the ban, uh, you know, you know, the I, 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 I would feel like bioengineering is a is a is a big no no, especially within the context of the breeding program and having it just kind of be uh, naturally um, mandated, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Something I haven't thought about in a while, because the only other time I remember it coming up, and see, I, this, I'm glad we're talking about it, because I I knew you'd have something <laughs> to, to say. Um, in Messiah, when Paul's last desperate attempt to try and, um, you know, walk out of step from his, his vision lock, is when he's talking to... Uh, Reverend Mother Guy Slain Moheim. And he's like, listen, if you can help me, I'll give you my cum. But yeah, yeah. it's going to be in a tube. And uh, Moheim is, uh, you know, considers that blasphemy. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, even though Monio is, you know, obviously not himself a, a Bene Gesserit, you know, that kind of, um, like, skepticism or, uh, I don't know, like a phobia almost. I don't yeah. know what word I want to use. I guess could be, like, a, just a shared part of, like, the, the galactic culture at large yeah, at this point. Yeah, that's that's the feeling that I get. And, like, you know, the Ixians and the Tylaxi are kind of the, the ones... Um, breaking the mold in that regard and and that's why they're kind of considered so taboo is because yeah. they're kind of going again you know they're doing things that that the um the rest of the universe feels like is like an affront to humanity and the the, the purity of of humanhood kind of yes yeah very yeah. true yeah also interesting because you know the the Tleilaxu seem to be the ones more often than not toying with um uh you know technology that that has to do with the flesh yeah and that the ixians are the ones creating the computers and everything and yet right here we have this idea that the ixians are also you know kind of able to create their own yeah separate kind of person too yeah yeah which i guess is a big thing it is, yeah, yeah, and and haven't there been hasn't there been talk about like them teaming up too, like yeah. a little bit. So I could see that being the case here as well. Yeah, yeah, they they they, they definitely are kind of like um, uneasy allies operating at the yeah. edge of the uh, the galaxy. It seems. All right. Um. <laughs> I don't know. Just a couple other things. I do really like Malky's dialogue where um, he, he has a couple great lines where he's like, oh, you know, haven't you ever wondered, Leto, why, why Monio hasn't tried to take over the whole shebang? And then he's like, isn't that a funny word? She and bang. That's the <laughs> perfect word to describe your empire, Leto. Um, oh, my God. And he keeps calling him old worm. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh. He calls him an exquisite old worm. Oh, he's, um, yeah, he's 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 a funny guy. Yeah, which of course, um, you know, Leto kind of just t- takes that in stride. Thinks yeah. it's like a, a funny kind of kind of back and forth they have. And Monio is like, well, that's literal blasphemy. Yeah, <laughs> like, <I know. laughs> that's, you're fucking cursing God, right? Yeah. Now. Um. But when when he said old worm, and I still can't think of it, I still cannot. So if this jogs any memory of yours, mm. please tell me. But it it makes me think of that thing I couldn't think of. That's a weird thing to say. But in Doctor Who, the Winston Churchill thing, oh they'd yeah, be like yeah, yeah, old worm, ah, exquisite fuck. old worm. I know. Uh, you know what I like mean? I do. My yeah. worm, my old worm. Oh my god! Yeah. But I can't think of it. But like with that voice, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I. I... I can old worm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Something about it like felt like it's close to that somehow. It's, I think uh, it's very uh, close to that. Yeah, we gotta watch the we, we gotta watch for that clip. I don't try know, and find man. that to uh so, so we know exactly <laughs> what uh what he was saying. Yeah. Cause that that's very close. Oh god. Anyway, so the end of this chapter, um you know, Leto Leto's kind of it's such a weird interaction they have here too, in a way. I, I like it, and I think it's good for their characters. Um, but um, 
you know, Leto's like, ah, I don't really want to kill Malky, but, like, I can't have him be alive. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> it, it sort of endangers the golden path, you know? And Leto, like, looks to Monio, and he's like, you do, you know, you do serve the golden path, right? <laughs> and was like, yeah, totally. I, with my whole being, you know? And Leto's like, I would never ask you to kill Malky. Ever. <laughs> never, ever. But, like, the golden path, right? And yeah. Monio's like, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe if you like go over there, yeah, stop over there for a minute, and I'll I'll just you know take care of things here. And uh, right, maybe you know. maybe Malky won't be here when yeah. you come back. Yeah, exactly. Malky's just like he's a, Malky's just sitting there like, oh uh, guys, I know. <laughs> like, it's like oh shit. <laughs> you know, he sort of loses his composure there at the end when he he realizes that Monio is really going to kill him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which. I don't know how I feel about it exactly, but it, it happens. And, God's below. Uh, He's going to do it. Yeah. And so Monio, I guess, just like freaking like punches him in the throat and then throws him off the over the, the balcony. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, uh, you know, kills Malky. Yeah. Which is crazy. That, I mean, that that really was a that that was a shock to me, you know? Um, yeah. But it was done very well. I, I was, I mean. It was. It was. Um, there were a couple things at play that I, I'm not. I don't know. Sort of like w with what we talked about before. Not that I don't. Not that I think they're bad. But I, I feel like maybe I need to talk them out a little. Like. Yeah. I feel like the way this chapter presents it. It seems like Monio killing not just Malky, but, like, killing is kind of, like, a big deal. You know, he seems yeah. to be, like, very shaken to his core. Mm -hmm. um, but we know that M Monio... I, I don't know if I messed up any names there. I mean, Monio killing Malky. Uh-huh. We know that Monio is also an, an exceptional fighter. Yep. We know that he has served uh, Leto for, you know, at least, what, over a century? Something like that? Um and at the very, very least, at the bare minimum, we know that Monio has either, you know, directly helped in Duncan's being killed, if not doing it himself sometimes, or just looking the other way, knowing that it would happen. So I kind of got the impression that Monio maybe isn't a stranger to getting his hands dirty. Given how long he's had to serve Leto, given his role in the Empire, given, um, you know, the things that he seems that he'd be willing to do in service to the Golden Path, right? But here it's kind of shown that... Oh, uh, actually, yeah, if you don't want it, sorry. I thought you were just coming in here to look at butternut. No. Oh, I'm getting a coffee uh, top off. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, thanks. All I'm really trying to say is that um, I feel like what this chapter is telling us is maybe this is the first time Monio's killed anyone. And not that that's impossible, but I kind of got the impression that one, that wouldn't be true. And even if it is true, he's presumably already done so many things so adjacent or close to it that um, 
Not that I'm sure there isn't a difference between killing someone with your own hands and not, but he's very shaken after having done it. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is true. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I feel like with Monio, like there's no doubt in my mind that he has killed before in the name of the Golden Path. For Leto, I think that I think that's pretty clear, but um, I also think that you know he is at the end of his rope, and everything that he has to do for Leto now, like just takes a, it's like weighs on him more than maybe it used to, and it's like taking a psychic toll on him. Um, so there's that. I feel like there, like I feel like everything he does now in service to. Leto is like weighing on him more than it used to maybe and then also I do feel like killing somebody like Malky is probably bi- a, a bigger deal than killing a you know a no name Tyloxu face dancer or whatever yeah you know? um but yeah it it is portrayed as being a significant um moment for Monio that does affect him um, which is interesting. He's yeah. he's definitely not numb to it, but I I don't think that it's it's um. You know his 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 first cold blooded kill. Yeah. Um. My my last thought on it, and then we can move on. Is I wonder if it's um. Meant to be taken as like another God allegory in like the, the Christian sense where, um, I mean, I don't know if my Bible knowledge is like completely, uh, uh, correct or not, but I think in like the Cain and Abel story with the two brothers, like God has, Actually, I don't know if God has one kill the other. Maybe it's just that they do, and I don't know. I do know there's a story, for a fact, where God is testing uh, maybe Abraham, someone, to, uh-huh. like, go out and, like, kill his kid. Yeah. And then before he does, God's like, ah, don't worry about it. I was just testing you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't actually have to do it. But, of course, here in our in our Dune story, we have Monio, who considers the worm to be God. Essentially, kind of, but not really, but essentially uh, ask him to kill, you know, yes. in service to God's plan, yes. the golden path. And I, I almost feel like there's this feeling, too, of, like, too much being asked of Monio. Or or that, yeah. um, that like, in this moment, Monio, who we know has kind of been, like, thinking more independently and everything, too, is, like... I also think this is kind of an event that causes him to question Leto's plan and maybe yeah. even the validity of the golden path and Leto's vision, you know, that like if if God is asking me to make these kind of horrible decisions, this terrible purpose that, that Monio has as an Atreides, you know, uh-huh. um, you know, have I really been... Uh, have I really been 
you know, acting in accordance to my own morals. Yeah. You know, I guess that's what it is. Like, is, is Monio, does Monio feel like he's being act, asked to act against his own morals and service to God? Is there now a conflict between those two things? You know? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, there certainly could be. It is just interesting that this, it happens now, you know? Yeah. Um, but I guess it's all, it's, it's all, I, I feel like his, his change is kind of all wrapped up in what Siona's going through, you know? Yeah. I think that definitely informs some of his, uh, questioning and it's not even, it hasn't even been very, um, you know, uh, outwardly spoken about, you know, but, but, but there is a definite change in his his uh the 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 way he's going about this and his feelings towards serving Lido. Um so yeah, that that will be interesting to see if it if if this was a turning point because it's it certainly could be. Yeah. All right. Um anything else with the Malky chapter? I do not believe so, but I I all I got to say is, you know, rip to a real one. Yeah. Uncle Malky he he uh he lived on his own terms. Yes, he did. That's for sure. I don't know if he died on his own terms. No, you not, know? Not, but he, not quite. Not quite. But he definitely lived on them. So, you know, that's something. Um All right. So, our first our <laughs> fourth <coughs> fourth our fourth chapter. This is uh, Duncan waking up on his cot in the same room as Siona. Siona has uh, just taken a bath, which normally, you know, I might not acknowledge, but I felt like was important because, um, you know, I I think still, you know, Duncan is being um, attracted against maybe his his better judgment um he doesn't like really comment on it in that way to himself but you know these are all pieces that that herbert's leaving out to increase that tension between the two of them of course yeah um and he finds that siona is reading we know what she's reading but duncan doesn't yeah he finds it very mysterious and, um, before we get to the reveal of what she's reading, uh, there's this guy, Tyshar, who's Garen's attendant. He comes into their room. He's super freaking stoked. He's like, hey guys, the God Emperor, he's coming here. <laughs> like, here, here. For his wedding. <laughs> Isn't that awesome news? Just want to spread the word, guys. Yeah. Uh, no doubt a huge deal for this tiny little rundown shit oh, yeah. village. For sure. <laughs> uh, you know, that the freaking event of the entire cosmos is going to be happening here in their little patch of mud. Um, so, yeah. Um 
Duncan is pissed. You know, he's uh, kind of about to lose his cool. Um, and then Siona's like, hey, let me tell you what I'm reading. She reads him a passage. Um, and, of course, she's reading through the volumes of the Stolen Journals. Yes. She's on the ninth one of however many. They're labeled just with numbers. Um, and so she's like, hey, Duncan, you know, check it out for yourself. Gives him the first journal. He starts reading. But, you know, not before Duncan's like, well, how did you get these? You know, and Siona's like, well, we stole them and all my friends were eaten by wolves. Yep. <laughs> and Duncan accuses her of being a lousy commander. Yeah, you let your friends die? All your friends yeah. died on on your watch? Yeah, you suck. Yeah. You you're, did it, what, for these leader. fucking books? Yeah. yeah. Now they're all... Duncan's like, I've never had anyone die, ever. It just kind of feels like what the implication is, and it's like, well, I don't know if that's strictly true, Duncan, but okay. Yeah, I, I, I do not believe that is the case. Yeah. But, yeah, Duncan's uh, pretty accusatory. Yes. Um, and he's like, well, why didn't you try to kill the wolves? Or, you know, you could have poisoned them. And she's like, well, we didn't know that would work. And he's like, well, you didn't try. You fucking stupid idiot. Yep, you big dummy. And um, Siona's, you know, pretty rattled by that. She keeps her composure, by and large, but... You know, there's a couple mentions of tears kind of welling up in her eyes. Yeah. Um, I, you know, she does carry that guilt, of course. Um, and I, I guess I do think it's worth noting, you know, we don't even know by the time God Emperor starts, like, how long she's been a part of this rebellion, how long it's been active. You know, we for all we know, know, right, for all we know, that was, like, their first mission, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, based based on what's happened after that, it, it it feels like it. It feels like this is not. It wasn't a normal thing that they just do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It it, it seems to be a a much less competent operation than we were maybe hoping or or were led to believe at first. Yeah, I, that is exactly it. I think that it's kind of being walked back. And we're being told that, um, yeah, that Siona, you know, just didn't really know what she was doing. Yeah. Um, but, like, more than that, too, is that, you know, really the word to use, I think, is that she was learning, you know? Yes. Yep. Um, but, of course, when you're learning in a situation like that, where people's lives are at stake, the consequences of that are, are people dying. So, um, so it's a, it's a rough lesson that we kind of saw her learn and i think that we can see more and more that even though she is growing you know that she still has a lot to learn and now she finds herself in this position of command yet again um and she's not really um she's not totally competent in all the ways that she wants to be and even though Duncan's 
accusations are like really harsh, I think that she agrees with them or, or realizes that Duncan has so much more experience than her at this, that she kind of defers to him here. And we see the beginnings of what, you know, what seems to be them cooking up this plot. Yes, we do. Yeah. They, uh, they're like, Hey, you know, now that he's coming to this village for the wedding, it's like a really great opportunity to like kill him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like we can just like, right, you know, what if we uh just like assassinate him, I think. Yeah. So yep. they uh, yeah, they're at the beginnings of uh of of what could be the end of the god emperor, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I you know what I think is really interesting is that um we at least don't see it happen in this chapter. Um but Siona doesn't decides not to mention to Duncan that water will absolutely rock yes. his shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I think. Which, yeah. Well, what do you think? Go ahead. I mean, I I think that will come into play. I I mean, yeah, it's it, got it. It kind right? of has to come into play. Um, I'm I'm expecting them to just just like during the ceremony or right before you know Leto says, says I do, they're just gonna dump a big bucket of water over his head yeah it'll almost be like um slime time live yes but instead of the slime it'll just be water yeah it'll be know? a mixture of slime time live and the ice bucket challenge yeah 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 exactly Lido's gonna be like what's uh what's going on up there you know <laughs> i don't really uh they must have made that in the no room because exactly. i got no idea yeah yeah I mean, that's the one thing good about Siona, too, is that he can't totally see her doings either. So they might, yes. they might catch him by surprise. Yeah, they very well may. Um, although, come to think of it, you know what's interesting, too? Because we, all, we also know that Leto needs to die by water. Yes. Not not by it, but like near near it, water. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So if the plan to kill Leto involves a bunch of water, then no matter where they are, presumably they also might still uh, play into Leto's hands for That's true. for kickstarting the spice cycle. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, and 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 it's kind of like interesting now that Siona knows. Or, or has a has had a glimpse of the golden path. Like, I wonder if she'll take that into consideration. Like, if like she'll be like, okay, like, I see that this needs to happen, but also Leto needs to die because he's awful. Yeah. So th- that'll be interesting to see. It's like, okay, well, we can kill him now and get get his his tyranny over with. Or we could wait 500 years until it happens, you know? Um, or if she's going to go against the Golden Path and wants to, and just wants to take this in a new direction, which I guess would potentially still be worse, still lead to the end of humanity. I don't know. Um, right. Because it's, 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 it's obviously not locked into place entirely yet. So that's up to her. 
Yeah, that is kind of the thing, isn't it? It, it feels like, um, like you know, balancing this very preca- precarious sort of item on this fulcrum, like where it could fall either way, and we just don't know yet because there is a scenario we can conceive where Siona kills Leto, right, and it plays into the golden path, or she kills him and just runs in the opposite direction. Yeah. Um. And then, of course, with Herbert, there's other options that we just aren't considering, you know, that that very well might also happen. But yeah, those absolutely. those seem to be the two that, like, we're really uh, made to be keeping in our minds as yep. we read. I think so. And, I mean, it does boil down to to him dying near water, you know? I mean, like, I kind of feel like whether... Uh, whether she wants to or not, if he dies by water, then that's kind of setting in 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 motion the the events that will you know um bring the golden path to a close yeah um or continue it forever exactly it's kind of the same yeah yep exactly uh yeah so the those have to be things that she's thinking about now because she's privy to to it you know um, so hopefully that'll be addressed uh, in in some some way, or maybe she's just like so gung ho and cantankerous now that that she's, she'll just kill him without a second thought, you know? Yeah. And damn the consequences. Yeah. Yeah, I I could see any of those uh, scenarios playing. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Um. What about the scenario where Siona? And Duncan try to kill Leto, and it's not successful. Yeah, that's a good question too. I don't know. I I don't know what his response would be necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I think it's more likely that the fish speakers would kill them. They would. Do, yeah. They would just lash lash out right away, and just or or Nayla would just like kill them. Right before they got a chance to uh, get away, um, I don't. Or I mean, or he could swing his 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 wormy body around and, and yeah. brutalize them. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? How do you think that scenario plays out? Um, I think he like mournfully kills them both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. where he's like, man, you really. Made me do this, huh? Yeah, I don't, the, I don't want to, but the it's happening. My Siona, I, I have to do this now. Yeah, um, I real quick, but before I forget, and then we can we can really move on and and, and wrap up our discussion. Um, but you bringing up Nayla made me realize that something I wanted to talk about last episode when Siona assumes command um, after her test. <clears throat> um. It, it again, goes back to the way that Herbert chooses to write things and the things that he decides to show us on the pages and the things he decides to not show us. Yeah. And us to stand understanding that it's deliberate, it's an author- authorial decision that he makes. Um, but I really felt kind of deprived that we we don't get any of the conversation or any of the characters' emotions in the moment of the reveal that Nayla was a fish speaker. 
Yeah. And then similarly, <clears throat> similarly, we don't get any of the emotions. We see them, I guess, but we also don't get any of like Nayla being told that Siona is going to be her commander. Like we, we do see her struggling with that through other characters afterwards. Like Duncan yeah. sees her, Monio sees her. So like, that's not as an issue, I guess. But the fact that the status quo for these two characters for like the first 300 pages was that Siona was an open rebel and Nayla was, uh, you know, a spy inside of the operation. Yeah, yep. And that Siona truly did not know that, you know, that that was a, a very real secret. It's not like she knew, and you know, like, so when that dynamic shifts, we don't get to see any of the characters like grapple with that change. No, it, it simply no. just flips and the book continues. Yeah. And I found that to be a little yeah. frustrating. Yeah. That we don't get any of that. It, it definitely change. is. It definitely is frustrating. And I think you're right. Like it's, it is a clear authorial uh, choice. Um, which, yeah, it's, it's just another story that he does not want to tell, but any like traditional author or like normal, <laughs> normal author yeah like, like that's such a a great dramatic meaty you know subplot like 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 that's right that would be really important yeah it, that's the fucking bread and butter of of like some story that somebody else is telling but yeah it's not something that herbert's interested in doing at all you know which is hilarious like and and it kind of makes you think like well then like why is it even brought up in the first place you know yeah. it, i guess it adds more di dynamics to the characters but the 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 betrayal and the personal relationships between those two characters are are not something that he wants to get into yeah um but yeah no you you're 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 absolutely right in any other story that would be a pivotal moment for, right for for both characters and 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 for the book as a as a whole yeah but here it's just glossed over I know it's it really is so weird. It's it's one of the things that I, you know, that I continue to have this weird mixture of like frustration and respect for because yeah. like there there are times where I really feel like a more traditional uh, uh, take on some of these aspects of the book would could really benefit it. Yeah. And yeah. then sometimes, you know, it's like that's exactly what keeps me guessing. That's exactly what makes these discussions that you and I have so worthwhile and interesting absolutely you know, because yeah. we, we can't predict the ways in which herbert is going to take his story necessarily because I, he's I he totally is such agree. a strange author yeah <laughs> you, you 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 can't predict it um he's he's very unorthodox he is very unorthodox yes uh -huh. yes that, yeah. that was a good one that was a good one there we go that that kind of makes me hope like you know <clears throat> with, with like brian herbert's yeah. books that kind of like makes me excited to read them because I I get the impression that they are more normy and yeah. traditional, and like I don't think that he dives into God Emperor or or anything like that. But I mean, he might. Um, but yeah, I I would like to read some more traditional stories in this universe. You know, yeah, I would like to read in between the lines of of Frank Herbert's uh, fiction. Yeah. Um. So so that that kind of makes me excited. I you know it's like nothing. I I I see. I don't think I would like it 
as, right. as much. Like even though I, I know God Emperor is a is a severely imperfect book and yeah it's all over the place but it's like you're you're not gonna no one else is gonna ever tell the story you know like like there's there's not a place and time and a person that will ever tell a story like this ever again like it's it's just such a weird you know like you know pocket of of just like a like a complete individual you know um yeah, which is which is, uh, I I can appreciate, but also it, it's like frustrating at the same time because you know you you, you like want to get that that dopamine hit of like this this conflict coming to a head and you just don't get it and yeah. so you're left hanging. Um, yeah, but that's that's Herbert for you. Yeah, no, precisely. Well said, man. <sighs> All right, well. So yeah. So they they talk about the the end of their plan. Um, I I think it is weird too. Um, Duncan says, "Ask Nayla if she would use her las gun against the worm's cart." Siona says, "And if she refuses," Duncan says, "Kill her." Um. Okay, real quick, and then we'll talk about the last chapter, and we'll wrap. Yeah, up. yeah. But I want to talk about this line because I think it's it's an interesting way for the characters to go about framing this plan. Because I think I think that Duncan and Siona should be fully expecting see or uh, should be fully expecting Nayla to refuse. Yeah, I think in their minds they should assume that Nayla is 100% um like uh uh you know like fucking like a zealot like a yeah like completely unable to consider any course of action that would go against their like religious fervor yeah. you know that 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 Nayla would never consider to do this of course however we know, us the readers, know that Leto has commanded as God to Nayla to obey Siona in all things. Yes. Even, this has been brought up before, yep. even at the expense of the God Emperor's own safety in yep. life. Yep, yep. So I like that this idea is being introduced because. If it continues down this path, and it may not, just like we had a fucking side discussion on two seconds ago, it may not. But if it continues down this path, where Siona asks Nayla to do this thing, suddenly we're going to have this schism inside of Nayla, right? Where where she's really going to have to grapple with um, potentially harming or killing the god emperor. And if she doesn't, then she's disobeying a direct order from God. Yeah. Because the order is to obey Siona in all things. No matter right? what. Yeah. So we get like this weird, um, almost like a paradox inside of Nayla, you know, like the, the fucking immovable wall against the unstoppable force, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it's, 
I think it's a little weird that the characters themselves are even considering it. I feel like the plan would be start with killing Nayla. Just kill yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Just straight take, take up. Take her laser gun. Yeah. Just fucking kill her in her sleep and take the laser gun. Yeah. Because if Nayla <laughs> doesn't agree to it and then somehow isn't stopped, your plan is revealed, right? I mean, like, there You're are fucked. dangers in revealing your plan to kill the God Emperor oh, to someone who serves the God Emperor. So I feel like the plan would be for them to do it themselves. And yet they're like, hey, let's bring Nayla in on this. I know. I know. You know? Yeah. I mean, and and it's, it's weird because it's, it's Duncan that, that's, that says that, right? Like, uh, yes, it is. Yeah. Cause if it was Siona, I, I would be like, well, she has some kind of prescience now. Maybe she saw that, that Nayla is bound to, yeah, you know, Lita like that, but, but no, um, so yeah, that that is that is pretty odd. Uh, I I don't uh yeah. I I I think maybe Duncan is under the impression that you know Nayla and Siona have this strong bond, which they do. You know they've been like working together for like a long time, and it's not a a, a respect or a love, but it's like a connection there. So yeah. maybe maybe Duncan sees you know um, Nayla's commitment to to Siona and just through that thinks that maybe she she will be a uh, uh you know a collaborator potentially yeah. so i don't know and, and also duncan doesn't doesn't really know nayla as well as we do or siona does um so that's there 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 you know there's that too yeah yeah i don't it's not even that i think it's like necessarily a bad plan and again i like the potential drama I just thought it was, I just think it's weird for the characters to discuss, like, so, um, kind of flippantly, you know, yeah, they're like, well, yeah. just ask Nayla to I know. <laughs> fucking use the laser, right? And it's like, okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a little weird. Oh, and here's the last, last thing. I'm uh, so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> but, um, Duncan was talking with Garen, right? Um... And he says that he told Garen this old Fremen saying. The saying is this. You should never be in the company of anyone with whom you would not want to die. Yeah. Did you say this to Garen, she asked. Yes. And his response? He said I was the only such person he had ever met. I looked at that line for like five minutes. <laughs> and I, I should be able to parse this out. But I literally am unsure if what he means is Duncan is the only person Garen's ever met with whom he would want to die, or Duncan is the only person he's ever met with whom he would not want to die. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the first one. Um, because, that, I mean... That, that Duncan's the only person with whom he would... Yeah, yeah. Cause, Die with? Yeah, because he's surrounded by, you know, the museum from and all these these uh, watered-down, you know, copies. And Duncan is kind of the, 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 the real deal, and it seems like he respects him for that. And then it's in, that, that takeaway is informed, too, by Siona's response. Garen may be wiser than, than any of us, which, which now kind of indicates that uh, Siona also is, you know, giving Duncan some respect uh, as well. I see. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're going to go and do an assassination attempt against God, 
I I would hope that you would feel that way about your your fellow yeah conspirators. So I guess you're right. I think it's, that's good evidence. It is weird. It's like it's it's like presented strangely though. I I got so confused, Connor. I I I I, I had to read those that 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 part uh, a couple times as well. Yeah. Okay. With that having been satisfactorily uh, cleared up for myself, I'm ready to tackle this last chapter if you are. Let's do it. Okay. So, Monio is like, man, I wish we had more time. And Leto's like, well, you don't. Because we are going to Tuono right now. And they leave just like they did for the city of On. On the royal road in a peregrination. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Leto is in his cart uh, with a little seat fastened at like the, the top of it. So Hui can like sit next to his giant worm face, which I thought was a cool addition. Um, and Hui and uh, Leto have a, have a, a really deep conversation between the two of them. Um, but just before that, Monio is kind of just um, explaining over and over again, like the reasons why you think this is a bad idea, why he wants more time, this and that. Leto's like, I can't accept any more delays. And he, he turns on this bubble cover to his cart. And uh, this cover has been brought up a couple times. And I just wanted to ask quickly, do you think that it's like a physical thing, like a glass bubble that like comes out and encloses, or is it like a energy bubble force field almost? Do you have any thoughts on that in like Duniverse sci-fi yeah, technology? I mean, it certainly could be a uh, uh, a force field bubble because you know we they, they they did have shields, you know, right from the first book to like yeah, you know energy shields or or whatever um but i i i picture it like the pope mobile you know <laughs> driving down the street with the with with the bulletproof glass covering yeah covering him and, and i i think that this is probably where they got the inspiration for the pope mobile to be honest <laughs> with you yeah um so yeah i i always yeah. pictured it as a glass bubble but it could be an energy shield as well gotcha yeah, I've thought of it as I, I hadn't really considered it prior, but for some reason this chapter made me stop and think about it, and I decided on Energy Shield. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I think that makes the most sense, especially you know, with you know his his kind of uh, uh, ha- having no hesitation on on using you know technology for his own gain. So yeah, we'll just have to wait for the inevitable um, sci-fi channel. Uh, mini series of God Emperor. Yes, to give I, us some visual clarity. I would on this. love that. I would love for that to <laughs> be a thing. Okay, Hui and Leto's conversation. Um, Hui essentially wants Leto to be honest with her. Yep. You know. Um, and Leto is kind of understandably. But also douchily, if I can use that word. Yeah. Um, still shutting her out. And I, I say understandably because we know this is coming off the back of them, meaning Leto and Monio, 
having murdered Malky. Yes. Which is clearly on Monio's mind. And, and also Hui fucking uh, Duncan. Yes. Yeah. Hui which fucking is Duncan. not really talked about at all. But Nope. Nope. That has not been addressed. No. Nope. Um, like you said, you're pretty sure Leto knows. And I think that you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't that didn't happen in the no room. <laughs> no, that, that. that did not happen in the no no room. Yeah, it was a big no no, but it didn't happen in the no room. No. Um. So so yeah, they they do kind of both have a secret that I think the other one knows. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Leto, of course, knows because he's Leto and yeah. can use his fucking worm galaxy brain. But Hui, I think, given their conversation here is able to piece together that they have killed Malky. Yeah. I think yep. she knows because what she really knows, what she really can tell. And she says as much is that she knows that Leto is hiding something, right? Yep. Yep. And, and I think that she's Malky, right. Yes, exactly. So I think that she's able to infer through that, through Leto's reactions to what Hui is saying. Yeah. Yeah, and the way thing, that Monio was acting, that she knows that Mo, that that Malky is dead. Yeah, that they're responsible. I think you're right. One thing about Hui that's really interesting is, you know, although she's not prescient, she's like <clears throat> extremely emotionally intelligent. Yeah, which which does like put her on the same level where she can parse things uh, without having knowledge of them explicitly. Um, yeah, which, which I feel like is is a form of of prescience. Um, or future seeing it is she's almost like a natural Bene Gesserit but like instead yeah. of instead of like the Bene Gesserit are always like weaponizing yes um their abilities and and Hui is um is like healing yeah with hers you yeah. know that like yeah. she sees the same things that a Bene Gesserit would but I think that because she does it like without malice and and without um this idea of like personal gain that like she's able to see even more you know yeah, yeah that it really right. feels like she can look into people's souls because like she she does it from a place of um the book has used this word uh but like purity you know almost yeah. right you yeah. know yeah that there's like this goodness about her that i, I think allows her to see even more yeah I think you're right. Um, and and you're right that she brings up Malky because what what Hui's really trying to say here is that she wants Leto to share his soul, and yeah. Leto's like, "Well, I don't have a soul anymore." You know, he thinks yeah. that he's yeah, he's, he's kind of like damned himself. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of getting like pissed at her. He does get up- upset. This, yeah, yeah, and and you know he he, kind of, he almost worms out. Even. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and he says like, "Oh, I can never get mad at you. I can never be angry." But he is angry. Like he's that's, he's, yeah. He's lying to her, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it it almost <clears throat> feels like he has the, the potential to to be violent with her, you know. Like if she keeps on pushing him, uh, it doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't get to that point, but it, it feels like the potential is there. It it is, but it it's almost like it's not a threat. Like yeah, we we sees it too. And, like, instead of reacting to Leto's warning signals, like the, the twitching hands, you know, Monio always panics. Yeah. But 
Hui doesn't even comment on it. You know, I'm sure that she recognizes it. But she doesn't even mention that it's happening. Yeah. And I, I think that because she, you know, faces Leto without um, judgment or fear, um, she's able to disarm him and, and soothe him back to um, like stability. Yeah, she's she she's definitely more skilled in uh, de-escalating his his war yeah. transition. And then, like even more than that, um, you know, Leto. I I forget what word you just used that I was gonna like comment on, but like, oh right, it's 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 that um, it's that Leto gets angry, you know, yeah. and that that there is this this potential for him to like freak out um but like his anger seems to be really fear you know yes yeah and hui is one you know if one of if not the only person out of all these thousands of years who's able to see leto for like who he's forgotten he was yeah you know? absolutely the the, and that the boy really under the freaks. Uh, warm skin yeah, that really freaks Leto out. Like, he wants Definitely. that. And actually, Hui has a really great line. Because um, I was going to comment on it, and then I'm like, oh, Hui even articulates it really well. But I was going to say, like, Leto wants that, and he fears it. And I think, I don't know if I'll be able to find it, but I know that Hui mentions something like that. That he he desires and pushes away yeah. love, I think, you know? I, I think she does have, yeah. Um, essentially is what the line is. Yep. Um, and so like Leto, who of course is at this point, so used to seeing through people and commanding them and controlling them and pretty much feeling like the entire universe is in the palm of his hand, yeah. you know, at, at, at his whim and his mercy, you know, Hui is able to see through him in a way that makes him feel so naked and so powerless uh, as to scare him. Yeah, it's, it's probably too... the only time he really feels fear. Yeah, yep. It's 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 too much for him. Um. So it's it's a really it. I actually think it's a really moving dynamic between the two of them. Yeah, I think so too. And so in the end, um, in the end. You know, uh, Hui's like, well, you you can't hide these things from me, you know. Um, and so Leto says, is it possible <clears throat> that the Ixians know what they have created in you? I assure you, Leto, love of my soul, that they do not know. You are the first person, the only person to whom I have ever completely revealed myself. Um, and so Leto agrees to to share his soul. But like they both kind of have... Leto and Hui both kind of have like this true self within themselves that only they're aware of, they think, and they meet these people who are who are able to bring it out in the other, you know, being each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and uh, Leto even, you know, he he sheds a few tears. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. That was a, a, a really good moment. Causing, the only time he's ever cried. Yeah, causing blue smoke to erupt, and uh, then she brushes his cheek, and uh, he says that, you know, since his transformation, she's the only one who's who's touched his cheek. 
Oh, that's what it is, right? Maybe not the only time he's cried in that form. It's yeah. the only time anyone has touched yep. his human face. Yep. In all that time. Yeah, which is which is really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um So they they have a lot of great dialogue. Uh I'm sure we could get some more insight into this, but I mean ultimately to condense their conversation and and to really get at the heart of what they're saying here, you know. Um I I really did like this chapter. It felt like a, a really impressive culmination of their relationship where, you know, like there have been times in the past where it's a little confusing or like we felt like the whole thing with um, Duncan and Hui was like kind of quick. Um, but Hui and Leto's relationship has been built up really skillfully, I think. Yeah, There's been this, a lot of time dedicated to it. This feels earned. For it sure. does. It does. That's exactly it. It feels earned. It feels like Herbert put in the work to get us to this point. Yeah. And I, I believe that the characters feel, you know, the way that they're saying about each other. Um, and it, it's a really great moment. Yeah. And, and I, I think you're absolutely right. This is something I didn't, didn't really even think of um, afterwards, but, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, she, she, she brings him from, you know, almost transforming into the worm to, you know, crying like yeah so that 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 really is a a, a very skillful um uh, you know changing of 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 his moods and mm -hmm. yeah she she digs in she she really digs in there under the under the skin and uh and gets into his his soul and um yeah it's 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 a very touching chapter and seems like a very cathartic moment for both of them, you know? Yeah. Um, so it almost brings, to, you know, you to a point where it's like, well, am I, I, I would maybe be, you know, be, be sad if he's assassinated at his yeah. wedding ceremony. Right. At, you know, after opening up for the first time in all, in all these thousands of years, truly opening up to, you know, to, to the first person that, uh, could, you know, he can, he can truly connect to, um, and then, you know, days or, or moments later dying, you know, that's, yes, that, that is tragic, even though he is who he is. You're right. Yeah. Um, if there's, if there is one, not that there are more, but if there's like one pattern I think that we can discern from Herbert's writing is that, um, I, you know, every time two characters get close like this, it usually is in preparation for tragedy. It yeah. usually foretells yeah. a disaster. I think that's because the, yeah, the Duke yeah. and Jessica, right? Oh yeah. Paul and Shawnee and yep. Saya. Yep. Um, Aaliyah these... and Duncan. Yes, Aaliyah and Duncan. Yep. Yeah. To have these moments of um of 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 characters uh you know admitting a difficult truth to someone else and themselves that brings them closer, that seems to be the point where we we might be able to expect that feeling to be ripped away from them quite violently. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that that's that's true that that is true but also sprinkling a little bit of the unexpected with herbert as well i mean he, yeah 
you know, doesn't doesn't really repeat um, old tricks in the same way, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to play out, but it, I mean, I think it'll be definitely tragic in some way, but I, I cannot uh, foresee exactly how uh, it's, it's, it's going. Yeah. You know, the thing that would be really fucked up is if Duncan and Siona try to go about this assassination attempt to kill Leto and then like inadvertently kill Hui. Yeah, instead. I know. Yeah, that that would be absolutely tragic. That yeah, that that would be fucked up and that would that would cause the worm to come out and he he would really lay uh lay waste to them, I think. Yeah. God, that would be fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Um this this is I mean we we kind of have talked about a lot of different possibilities. Um Is there anything else you want to mention in that chapter? Sorry before we we do the, the our final I, thoughts here. I don't think so. I think that's it okay. for me. I, I was just going to say, you know, this is our truly our last opportunity to discuss what we think might happen. Yeah. Um yeah. for the end of this book. And for what it's worth, I, I think you and I have discussed a lot of possibilities throughout the course of our, our talk here. So um, I don't really know if I have more of an answer to that either. But is there anything else you'd like to say before we, we finish up, given it's our, our last discussion before we, we really know the ending? Yeah, I mean, I I truly do not know which way this is going to go. I believe that the golden path will remain intact. That's just the feeling that I get. Um, how that happens, I truly have no idea. Um, but yeah, I think we, we outlined a couple of uh, real possibilities here. Um, but yeah, the uncertainty remains, I guess. I don't have much more to say than that. All right. Um, I think for myself, I, I would just say that I I hope some kind of clarity is given to the end of Duncan's arc in yeah. this book. Like, yeah. I want even if it's not uh, a completely solid answer, I just want some sort of attention brought to what Duncan's role in this thousands of years long plot is, you yeah. know, why does he keep being brought back? Is there, is there, you know, the answer might be that there's nothing else to it. I, you know, if we don't get an answer, then I guess I'll have to accept that it was simply that, you know, Leto, wanted it just wanted him to come back yeah 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 but i i still have this feeling that there's more to it and if that's the case even if it's just a line yeah i'd like to hear something um and um it could just as easily happen in between books but i i also still have the feeling that leto will die here at the end yeah so th so i mean th that, that that's also the so the, the the two things that i really feel like are going to happen is leto's mm -hmm. going to die and the golden path will remain intact somehow yeah 
I don't know how those things will play out, but I do think that that, that that's the that's going to be the case. Um. Yeah, and I, I hope we do get a glint. I mean, even though I guess presumably the next books are you know how many however many years in the future, I do hope we get kind of a not an epilogue, but a little bit of a a glimpse into what happens after. Um, yeah. So. Well, yeah. each each book has been consistent in giving at least some throwaway lines to the previous book, even if yeah, yeah. obviously God Emperor is very far in the future from the last three, but we know even in this book, given Leto's nature, you know, we, we've gotten some information on what happened to Ganema. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, even on Stilgar, you know, things like that. So I, I think even if it's small, the next book will deal with God Emperor in, in some way. Oh yeah. I think it has to, if you know, the I mean, it, it will be path. right. It will it will be a continuation yeah. of the plot. But I There's, mean, even small things, I think, will the, be acknowledged. the characters themselves. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally ag- agree with that. Hopefully we get something. Um, I mean, it's it's a shame. I don't get the impression that Siona is going to carry over to any of the future books. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know for certain, but right. Um, I think that's a, that's also a shame to me that we only get so much of her, because um, because I feel like we're just kind of actually getting to know the real Siona now. Yeah, yeah. Being able to close the cover, the weird wormy cover on this book, and um, you know, potentially feel like I have like a this character from beginning to end in their entirety. I'm even though I agree like that'll be kind of sad. I, I hope that illuminates something for me. Like I, yeah. I want to have a discussion on, I mean, we, we've said it so many times on like waiting for this ending on so I many know. things to feel like the conclusion will inform everything like a fucking tidal wave going backwards, you know, like we need to know what happens in order to have a fully formed opinion well, more here, so, so than on any other book. no, I it's 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 very much different for this book. Um, one thing that I I did I actually I, I I had this epiphany or this thought last time. I don't think I said it, but I I, I meant to say it, and I it still holds up. You know now. Um, one thing that I really do think is going to happen is I do think Herbert is going to stick the landing here. I I really do. And I, I think I, I had that moment um, after, you know, Siona's spice uh, spice trance. Um, after that happened, I really do think that it's going to end well. I think we're going to, I think we are going to be illuminated on, on, on some of the more shadowy parts of this book um, by the end of, you know, this next run. Well, I'm excited to find out together. Yeah, me too. All right, man. Do the plug. You can email us at doondudespod at gmail.com. Um, we are on Twitter at doondudespod, kind of like the Eve 6 guy, but for Dune. Uh, <laughs> you know, the the head honcho is, uh, has, has been rolling out some really funny tweets. Wow, thanks. Really funny. Um, you can follow us also at TV on instagram and twitter and as always until next time i just finished drinking my coffee 
You, oh my god. So so that was like two two yeah. hours and fifteen I'm minutes. I'm not gonna call. I'm not gonna call sippage. you a nurser. I'm not gonna call a you a nurser. right there. Yeah, but full circle. Yeah, <laughs> full circle. And I, I've I, I've had two and a Mountain Dew since we started talking. So <laughs> that's just uh, where I'm at. <laughs> All right, peace out.